0: everybody my name is Emily host of the fuel your freedom podcast in the health and fitness space there can be so many rules recommendations and oftentimes restrictions on this show we talk all things freedom whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey this show will fuel your body mind and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness the one that works for you now, let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. As always, my name is Emily, and I'll be your host for this week's episode number 30. We are talking four ways to select an appropriate weight while strength training. So we're diving into more fitness uh, specifically on how to choose a weight. It can be one of the toughest things to manage, but once we get it, we know that it's there. It's that one more step closer to feeling confident when you come into the gym for the first time. Selecting a weight can truly make or break a workout. If the weight's too heavy, it can impair our recovery in the future. We can also potentially choose a weight that's too heavy to complete the reps or sets prescribed. On the flip side, if it's too light, we might not feel the exercise is really doing much of anything. The workout then doesn't deliver the stimulus that it was prescribed to deliver in the first place. So what can we do? Let's look at four different ways we can select weight and ways that we use them at Unity Fitness and how you might be able to use them in your training to help select weights that are appropriate for not only you, but for the session that you're completing. Our first way is the percent of one rep max, and this can be for the same exercise or a related exercise, and we'll touch on both of those options. So first and typically most popular is this percent of 1RM of the same exercise. To use this method, you'll test for somewhere within a one to five rep max for that exercise you are looking to lift. Now this can be anywhere between that and we can take those numbers and plug them into calculations to predict what your one rep max would be if you don't actually test for one itself. You'll then use this number to base the rest of your weights lifted during the phase And future phases until you retest, right? So, this is most frequently in people who feel comfortable and have a higher training age, meaning you've trained for quite a few years. Working up to a one or even a five rep max is a challenging feat, not only neurologically, but we have to make sure the form is comfortable and correct, we have to make sure that you feel comfortable in that position. So we know that it's a true one rep max, not something where you're working at a submaximal level and just saying it's a one rep max, right? We, We want this to truly be a one rep max. And if you're brand new to an exercise, that's likely not the time to max out right away, especially not at those one to five rep weights. This method's also often used if you're working towards a specific goal weight. For example, if I want to deadlift 300 pounds, I know that I'll have to hit X for 2 reps or Y for 5 reps somewhere in my training to make that goal realistic on max out day. If I'm consistently training at percentages lower than I should, the chances of me pulling that goal weight are going to be quite slim when it comes to max out in the future. Now, like I said, this can be for the same exercise, right, or we can use the percent of one rep max for a related exercise. For example, our back squat should be about 80% of our deadlift weight at a one rep max level, provided that we're strength balanced. So sticking with my deadlift example of 300 pounds, my one rep max squat should be about 240. We can also use this to inform training, again, if it's accurate. If there is a strength imbalance and we aren't at that level, this can help us show where we might need to focus a little bit more of our training in improving either our squat or improving our deadlift so that we are within that balance. And these percentages hold true for a number of different exercises between overhead press, single leg, uh, step ups, etc. There's a bunch of different ones we can use, but we can just use that comparison. This leads us to our next option rate of perceived exertion, or reps in reserve. Now, I like to use both of these as very similar things. They are a little bit different. Uh, I like to look at them on the same scale because it is a little bit easier to understand each. This is probably the most common method we use at Unity. And rate of perceived exertion is a scale used to measure the intensity of an exercise. It's a subjective measure and can vary by the day, but over time, Rate of perceived exertion is a great way to measure progress and ensure we're making appropriate weight selections. Let's take a look at the scale. My personal favorite option is the 1 to 10 scale, but there's a 6 to 20 and a few other ones as well. For our 1 to 10 scale, 1 is a low effort and 10 is a maximum effort. For the majority of our efforts in the gym, we want to be kind of around that 7 to 8. Now, that's a huge generalization, as I'll say in the future as well, but we'll use these numbers for our example. And here's where we can tie in that reps in reserve, that second option. If we're lifting at a 7 RPE, we can say we also have about 3 reps in reserve. If we're lifting at an 8 RPE, we have about 2 reps in reserve. So our reps in reserve is always equal to 10 minus whatever we would rate the RPE, and so on. Using this method takes into account our lifestyle influences such as sleep, hydration status, recovery, nutrition, etc., that can vary by the day, while the percent of one rep max doesn't necessarily do that. By using this subjective measure, it allows us to train more intuitively, but also make sure we're lifting enough to receive the desired stimulus. Bonus side tip here. The RBE scale can especially be helpful when we're doing cardiovascular activity. In its original form, it's intended to match with the percentage of heart rate max. So seven equals about 70% max heart rate, eight equals 80%, and so on. This can be more helpful in terms of cardio, but not necessarily the case when we look at strength training and monitoring our heart rate. Our third option is percent difficulty. And this is very similar to the rate of perceived exertion scale. We also use this one quite frequently to connect the RPE and reps and reserve, or RIR, variables we measured before. But this one's more straightforward and there is no connection to the heart rate. Percent difficulty is exactly as it sounds. How difficult is an exercise for you? 10, 50, 90 percent? These percentages will dictate your training weight. Again, we don't always have to be maxing out. If you're always working at 100%, you're likely hindering your recovery. We want to be likely within that 75 to 90%-ish difficulty weights for most of our training time, but again, like that RPE, this is a huge generalization and it can vary wildly based on your program, other variables, goals, training age, etc. Finally, we have percentage of body weight. This is often used in strength standard measurements. At Unity, for our strength standards, we have people work towards a deadlift, front squat, and single leg RDL at a given percentage of their body weight based on if they're male or female. For people on this program who are close to their goal, we can then use that percent body weight to assign weights that will bring them closer out of the four variables, I would probably say this is the least we utilize, but we do see it quite often in strength standards where someone will work towards an X percent of their body weight to lift for one rep max, two rep max, and maybe a five rep max, etc. Now, before we close out, I do want to stress we don't always want to work to absolute failure. I know I mentioned it before, but I just need to say it again. We need to have a healthy balance of easier days, more challenging ones, and days where we do work towards a rep max. We use those numbers to then inform training. These all vary wildly over the course of the program, and like I said, depend heavily on your goals, training history, etc. But the important thing is that we are measuring the weights in some way, because choosing the correct weights allows you to get the stimulus you need, make the progress you wanna see, And ensure that you can recover from all of it. This brings us to our empowered action for this week. This week, I want you to take note of the weights you're using in the gym. What are you working with? Are you leaving quite a few reps in the tank or reps in reserve when you could be pushing harder? Are you adding reps where you could be adding weight or vice versa? start to use these measures to track the weight you're lifting so you can more accurately progress over time right this is an easy way to make sure that we are making that progress you want to see not leaving any on the table not leaving any behind or just stalling out in the future so that's all i have for you guys this week thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Feel your freedom podcast as always If there's someone that you know that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and want to leave a rating and review, that also helps the show to grow. Otherwise, I will chat with you guys next week for episode number 31. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at FuelYourFreedomPodcast. Thanks for listening and I'll chat with you next time.